Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Welcome, welcome, ladies, to the Women's Marriage Repair Webinar Workshop, where we seek to provide you with the tools and resources needed to do your part of the process, which is so limited, but we still need to do uh, your side of the bridge anyway. I want to express my empathy and compassion for how hard this process is. I want to share my commitment and dedication to striving to provide you with the most accurate resources. We just came off of a general conference weekend. For those of you who don't know, one of the things I've been doing for 20 years is every six months I will take the general conference talks and use them like a tuning fork with the principles and concepts we teach to make sure that everything we teach is accurate and in tune and in harmony with what has been taught in most recent conference talks. I was just reviewing Sister Wright, Amy Wright's talk this morning. And I did Elder Bednar's talk earlier this week, and I'm looking forward to continuing to walk through them. If you are the type of person who loves to get into the deep psychology of the words of the prophets, every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Utah time, we do a spiritual psychology master class, which is like the AP class for what we do around here, and you're invited to join that. Okay. <clears throat> During this meeting, this is a workshop where you can quietly assimilate the information if that's your best way of learning. I was often a back-of-the-classroom learner in my learning days where I just did my best learning by just listening and observing, listening observing. Other people are more participatory where you want to put things on the table and discuss them. Either version is fine. We want to make sure your circumstances are addressed. If any principle that we go through today or in any of the other weeks, you should have access to the online platform so that you can review any lesson at any time. We sequentially go through the lessons so that we can give extra attention to them, but our goal is to only spend half of our time on the informational transfer phase, the psychoeducational phase, and leave plenty of time for the what about game. What about this? What about that? What if this is happening? What if that's happening? What if we're dealing with this? What if we're dealing with that? Okay. 
please don't hesitate to put whatabouts on the table. Okay. All righty. Let's review a little bit. We are on lesson 24. Lesson 24 in your book is the second <clears throat> step into the intimacy pyramid. So let's put things in perspective. We are in lesson 24. If you divide 24 by four weeks per month on average, that means we are six months into the training and we are discussing the second lesson in the second layer of cognitive intimacy. If you review your Lazarus lectures, you will see that we spent eight weeks just on the bottom layer of verbal intimacy. Most of the training courses that I studied would just blaze right through everything, throw it at you and say, you got this, right? You got this? Good. We're walking away. Thanks for your money. And now we're going to go spend your money while you uh, not, don't actually apply everything. So we have a workshop format here so that each principal, you have a chance to go, I'm still trying to figure out how to apply that. I'm still trying to figure out how to apply that. When you overlay this intimacy pyramid on the four seasons, you will see that season four, which we spent three months on, is the time where you really get good. So we spent three months trying to make sure that you were ready for the process of marriage repair. We use a metaphor of rebuilding a bridge where we have two pillars before we build a bridge. We cannot work on the relationship. Contrary to popular belief, where you can walk right into a marriage therapy office and start working on your marriage, I've never seen that be a legitimately accurate concept. Because by the time people end up in our office, the woman is broken to a degree and the man is broken to a degree. So we got to get you built up and strong. Once the woman is pleased with her progress and is feeling strong, and the man is pleased with his progress and is feeling strong, according to the checklist in lesson 14, we start working on verbal intimacy. And then we walk our way to the point where we're doing cognitive intimacy Last week we introduced cognitive intimacy and today we're going to be talking about the next major element of that layer. So there's the reorientation as to where we are. So you are welcome to ask questions or put considerations on the table about any one of the previous 24 lessons. So as you go through them, and you're trying to get familiar with them, if you run into one going, I just don't know how to apply this. I don't understand it, and I don't know how to apply it, because many of them are unique, including today's lesson, is extremely different from what you're going to read in most marriage repair books. Okay? So does anyone have any circumstances, situations, or questions on application of the previous principles? All right. If, if any come to mind, feel free to ask, and feel free to interrupt. This is where I want to walk with you on a painful principle that is not commonly discussed because it's not fun to discuss it. If you're in this meeting, we have an assumption that you take your relationship with God seriously. If you're in this meeting, we assume that you are pursuing diligently the New Testament concept, and this is life eternal, that they might know him. 
One of the reoccurring themes of our conference talks, both most recent and before, is the importance of if you're going to have a healthy relationship with God, you have to work with him according to his true personality, not the personality we wish he had. If you look at the way Christ was treated in the New Testament, many people were disappointed in him and really struggled with their relationship with him because he showed up different than what they were expecting. Okay, we thought you were going to be like this. We thought you were going to be like this. Now, I want you to review, okay, a concept and contrast the American psychology principle with what I'm about to share with you with the divine principle. Okay, all right. The textbooks say very popularly, you have a right to have your needs met. They're saying it with a lot of strong language. Now, I have to be really careful when I talk about this because I can look like a man who is naive and doesn't get it and is insensitive. But I'm going to step next to what I've seen, and I'm going to invite you to do your own work on it. But most of you will not have a hard time seeing this principle, but you may hate it when you do see it. Okay? If you look very closely at pioneer history, history, specifically pioneer history, okay, and the valiant families that were crossing the plains who were very loyal to God, did God make sure their needs were met, okay? Did he make sure their needs were met, all right? Let's add a few more questions to go with it. Did he ever let anyone go to bed hungry? Pioneers crossing the plains. Did any pioneer go to bed hungry? Did he ever let anyone be cold? Did he ever let babies die? Okay. This American philosophy that you have a right to have your needs met does not match God's approach to helping us get through this lone and dreary world. He will frequently let the most loyal of his followers go a day without their needs being met, based on American measurements of what a need is. You have just finished listening to another principle that is one of many that you will find in a special class that I've put together called the Marriage Repair Workshops and the Lazarus Lectures. This is a compilation of principles that I have pulled from my years of training, study, and therapeutic experience designed to give you the tools, the vision, the ideas, everything that is necessary to take a relationship that has experienced catastrophic levels of unpleasantness and falling apart and rebuild it almost as if raising it from the dead. Please follow the links 
and attend at least one of our marriage repair workshops so that you can get a feel for what you will learn and get your attachment to the multimedia classroom that holds videos, audios, articles from me and several other specialists that we call the Lazarus Lectures, a 40 lesson series building from one principle to another so that you can discover what is necessary to pull off a miracle in your relationship. I hope you'll find great value in this. I hope those of you who find yourselves unable to afford the thousands of dollars necessary to attend a marriage therapist, especially one that's really good and is not as available as we would like therapists to be, please, please study this material in the Lazarus Lectures and attend the Marriage Repair Workshops so that we can help you get things back to the way you want them. We'll see you then.